Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory completes his Power Packed 21 series with a life-changing message entitled Results. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. We're going to look at uh, today results. And so after you spent 21 days of prayer and fasting, what is it that you should expect? Results, right? I don't, I don't want to spend 21 days and not get results. Wouldn't you all agree with that? What we're after is results, right? We've been praying, we've been fasting, and even though the fast ends today, how I many know what we've tried to do is introduce you to prayer as a lifestyle? So even though the fast ends, how many know your prayer should continue? All right. And so 21 days we've been doing that. So now we should expect to see some results. All of the notes are in the YouVersion Bible app. You can also go to the Linked Up Church app. Uh, If you're a first-time visitor today, a lot of new faces. And so please follow along. We believe the information will be a great, great blessing to you. Wasn't that awesome to see all of those people get water baptized today? That was awesome. Praise God for that. And so just by definition, results means a desirable or beneficial outcome. So what I'm declaring over your life today that after spending 21 days of prayer and fasting, you will get a desirable and beneficial outcome from all of your prayers and all of your fasting. I I heard two amens. Let me say that again. So what I'm declaring over your life after spending 21 days of prayer and fasting is that you will get a desirable and beneficial outcome from your prayers. I want to encourage your hearts that you were meant to live a productive, overcoming Christian life. God has magnificent plans for each and every one of you. And he set aside an inheritance of abundance for you to enjoy. But here's the good news. God's will is not automatic. He's already done his part. Now we have to respond by making sure we do our part. We all have a part to play. So today, let's look at seven keys to prayers that bring results. And if you all could, just focus on me as they're seating all of those individuals around the worship center. Just stay focused, okay? Number one, have you prayed the Word of God? How many of y'all have prayed the Word of God over your situation, okay? Then you should have confidence that you're going to get the results that you prayed about. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Right? We've been using this verse really the entire 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you came to Saturday prayer, if you came to prayer 201, you have heard this verse. 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15 says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in our boss. This is the confidence that we have in our pastor. This is the confidence that we have in our spouse. No, this is the confidence that we have in who? In him. It says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So we're not praying these, Lord, if it be your will prayers. We want to know what his will is before we pray. And if we know, that word no means to be sure and to understand, right? And when you're sure about something, how do you know you begin to act like what you're sure of? 
right? And, and he hears us, and whatsoever we ask, or whatever we ask, we know. We're sure and we understand that we have the petitions, a thing asked for or requested that we have asked of him. Now, confidence in the Greek there means all outspokenness. How many know when you're sure about something, you talk about it? It means frankness and bluntness. It means uh, publicity. It means boldness of speech, openly and plainly. The, The word I like there is openly. When you're sure about something, you don't mind telling people about it even before you get it. Right, My mother was a woman of her word. And so if she told me I was getting a bike for Christmas, if she told me that in the summertime, guess what I was telling everybody in June, July, August, September, right? And if she promised me some new shoes, my mother just didn't lie to me. That's really where I get it from. She just didn't lie to me. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. She just did. So if she said, I'm going to get you some new shoes, now I used to think I was pretty fast. And I tell people, wait till Friday. I'll race you on Friday because my mother's going to get me some new shoes on Friday. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? The point I'm making here is when you're confident about something, you talk about it before you get it. That's an example of confidence. All right. So the key to seeing these kind of results God wants us to achieve through prayer is not just shooting random arrows in the air, hoping something might happen. And let me give you some insight. James chapter 4 verse 3. James said this, you do not have because you do not ask. So some people don't get results because they don't ask. Right. But then he went on to say another group, they ask, but they do not receive. So there's some people who actually pray, but they never get results, right? Then he tells us why. I love God will never tell us what not to do without telling us what to do. Then he said, this is not in your notes. And then he says here, because you ask amiss. Now that word amiss means badly or wrong motives. And then he tells you sometimes what our uh, wrong motives can be. He goes on to say, so that you can consume it upon your lust. And so, how I many know now we've got some insight sometimes as to why we don't get results? Some is just because we don't ask. Others is we ask, right? But we ask a misc, right? Because we really uh, have wrong motives in terms of what we're asking. So if you put 1 John chapter 5 with that verse, if I'm always asking things that are according to his will, how I many know it's never going to be a miss? Right? And it'll maintain my confidence throughout the entire process. So if you want to hit the bullseye every time you pray, then your prayers must be based on the Word of God. Okay, let's go to number two. You've got to learn how to pray in faith. See, when you focus on the answer, it will always activate your faith. Never pray your problems. Lord, I'm broke. You know that and he already knows that. Pray your answers, right? Lord, I thank you that you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. Never pray your problems. Always pray your answers, and it will activate your faith. Let's look at number two. Number two, pray in faith. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22 says, And whatsoever things you ask in prayer, here's the key, believing. Which means you can pray and not believe what you pray. I mean, a lot of people are hoping and wishing, right? But he says, whatsoever things you ask in prayer, 
believing. Now, this word believing here is not pistis, it's pistuo. And it means to trust in a person or a thing. And says, you will receive that. Now, when I think about that, I, I instantly think about a marriage and I think about a covenant. How many you know when you cut covenant, covenant is serious with God. God never breaks covenant. Right? And so when I think about trust, I think about a marriage. I think about two people who stand at an altar before a holy God and say to each other, they make vows to each other, right? That they're going to love each other and be with each other for the rest of their life. Then they say things like this, for better or for worse. Right? Because how many know life happens to all of us? Right? And then they say these things, until death do us part. So two people who, that's the only way marriage works, folks. If you don't go in it with that, it's not going to work. If you go in giving yourself outs, if he does this, then I got to make sure. And if she does that, then I got, how many know it's not working? You got to have people that are putting everything they have and completely trusting each other until death separates them. That's what God is saying here. If you're going to come to me in prayer, then I want you to put all your trust in what you pray. And trust me that I'll do exactly what I said I would do in your situation. How many of y'all have that kind of faith? Which means, see, in this marriage, there's nothing else on the table. There's not another woman on the table. There's not no other options on the table. Come on, somebody. I'm not exploring something. I'm not seeing, checking this out to see if I might want to go over this way. Um, none of that is on the table. So when you're really talking about praying in faith, there's nothing else on the table. This is what I'm believing God for, and I'm staying with this until it manifests. That's praying in faith. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Once you begin praying based on God's word, the next step is praying effectively. To pray effectively is to submerge your prayers in faith. That means you don't wait for the manifestation to believe you receive because that wouldn't be faith. See, it's not faith to believe it and then all of a sudden or, or, or get it and then I say, okay, God did that. That's kind of how the world does something. The world says when I see it, I'll believe it. In the kingdom, you have to believe it before you see it. Everybody understand the difference. All right. Now, so that might seem difficult at first, but as you practice applying your faith, it'll become a lifestyle for you. And so here's some quick startup tips to adding faith to your prayers. Okay. Just a quick, some quick startup tips. Letter A. Of course, we already talked about it. Believe you receive when you pray. God's word is always true. He is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, that settles it. I trust that he is going to do it. Right. So believe you receive you pray when you pray. So as you pray, begin to move yourself from believing. I love this. Believing he can to knowing he will, watch this now, to actually already having it before you have it. Do you see how you move yourself from knowing he will to believing he will to now I got this, right? And it'll help you. Number, letter B, speak it, right? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 says to hold fast to your confession. And hold fast means you use strength. You seize or you retain. I wish I had something me and Minister Walker could go back and forth on and just because I wouldn't let it go. But don't worry about it. We don't have time. I wish I had a rope or something or 
something that you and we could just play tug of war with. And uh, don't worry about it. We got to keep going. But my point is, how many of y'all know when you have something and you're using all your strength to retain it, nobody's getting that away from you. Don't worry about it. We'll rip that little jacket in half, man. <laughs> Minister Johnny came down here. You want my jacket, man? We'll rip that jacket in half. Have to buy you a new one at the end of the service. All right? And so, so hold fast to your confession. Again, to use strength, to seize, to retain. So start a confession of faith. A lot of people have gotten away from this. These things are still important faith steps. Start a confession of faith before you see the manifestation of the answers to your prayers. Then hold fast to your confession without wavering because a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all of their ways. Don't speak faith one day and then doubt the next day. Hold on tightly and don't let go no matter how tempting it might be to speak something different than what you're believing God for, okay? And what this does is when you literally believe that, I still practice this to this day. If you look at my Bible, you'll see how I started, uh, my uh, notebook there, you'll see how I started the prayer, uh, the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I wrote out everything and then I wrote confessions next to those things that I say every single day about what I'm believing for that just keeps moving me down the road. Okay? How many of y'all still do that or do that? How many of y'all say, I need to get back to doing that? Right? Because writing it down keeps it before your eyes. Right? Then when you have it as a confessional, you remind yourself it's something I need to say every single day. How many of you know when Satan attacks your body and you need healing, man, you got to wake up every day and remind yourself that by his stripes, I am healed. Right? Get back to that. Then hold fast to it. Don't let go of anything. And then my favorite one is letter C. Act on it. James chapter 2 verse 17 and 18 from the Passion Translation says this. So then faith doesn't involve, faith that doesn't involve action is phony. But someone might object and say one person has faith and another person has works. He said, go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without your works, and I will show you faith by my works, watch this, as proof that I believe. What kind of evidence are you demonstrating to yourself that you actually believe what you pray? And I'm not talking works in terms of getting God to do something. If I do this, I'm talking about works as a response. A person is saying, God, I believe you already did that, and this is my response to it. You all understand the difference there, right? I used this illustration in the first service. You know, at 22, God told me it would take eight years, 23 actually. He told, 23, he told me it would take seven years to get married. How many know at 23, you don't want to hear that? Right? But what he was saying was, that's how long it's going to take you to prepare. First, to get yourself together, because I was raggedy. Anybody else can think back when you were 23? I was raggedy. Anybody else was raggedy at 23? I was raggedy at 23, right? And so part of that was getting myself together, right? But during that time, he was taking me through phases. The first four years was nothing about the opposite sex. It was just getting me together and proving to him that I could actually be faithful to him. So, so what he was teaching me was, if you can be faithful to me, then you can be faithful to a woman. So if you don't cheat on me, that's going to give you confidence that you won't cheat on her. 
That's really what the first four years was about. Then after that, I noticed he started speaking to me specifically, save this amount of money. So I started budgeting as if I was taking care of a wife. Right? And so I literally started, and the way I was doing that, I was paying two rents or two house notes and two uh, car notes. And so all it was, and I was using that as savings, but all that was showing me was and teaching me that I could actually take care of someone else because the goal was day one, she wouldn't have to work. So if she works, she worked because she wants to and not because she has to. And, and all of this God was teaching me. Now, how many of you know if I don't do my part, he can't do his part? So then what God said is I'm getting ready to go get the best thing that I have. Because of how you prepared and bring her right to you. And 25 years later, I could not have married a better woman on the planet than Patricia Elizabeth Gregory. All I'm challenging you to think about is what are you doing that's a solid response to what you're believing for? See, I can't say I'm believing for health and I'm not eating right. I'm not exercising. I'm not getting enough sleep, right? How many of y'all know my actions are counterproductive to what I'm believing for, right? I can't say I'm believing God for a spouse and the one I'm dating is not saved. I'm just trying to make it real practical for us, right? What am I actually doing that demonstrates I'm believing God? Why did you all freeze out there? <laughs> How many of y'all are doing something? How many of y'all getting ready to do something? Okay, there we go. There we go. All right, let's keep going. So those are the three things that you can do. Letter A, right? Of course, believe you receive when you pray. Letter B, speak it out. And then letter C, act on it. Okay, let's move to number three. No fear here. Everybody say that. No fear here. All right, let's read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. The Amplified says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. See, I like to say sin is what makes cowards of men. Because, you know, God didn't make, make none of us fearful and didn't give us none of that, right? Sin is what makes us cowards. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. See, Satan is a master trickster. His goal is always to get you over into fear because he knows that will negate your faith. He really doesn't have a bunch of plays. He has about five plays that he uses. And his master play in his playbook is called fear. And so he's a master trickster. So fear is debilitating. It will always hinder you uh, and your belief in God's word. And it can literally stop you from receiving. So I want to just, anytime you see fear creeping in, you got to sometimes learn how to see that as a signpost. You ever believe God for something and then Satan threw something up right at the same time to try to make you doubt what you believe? Anybody ever been there before? Right? An example of that, of course, I'm geared up, revved up, ready to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. The first Sunday I come out and my car won't start. Car is only two years old. Car won't start. I mean, all of that, if you know how I'm wired, all that, I'm regimented, all of that throws me off. Right? And so now I got to work to get myself back where I need to be. The next Sunday, the water heater bust. No hot water. So that means I got to take a cold shower. 
Anybody ever been there before? But you got to learn how to make lemonade out of lemons. So instead of complaining about it, I decided to see it as a signpost and say, boy, I know God is getting ready to do something huge this year because Satan is throwing everything at me to get me off. Right? And you'll learn how to do that over time. So instead of complaining, I decided to just dance in the shower and praise God and give God glory. Right? Of course, we had a guy out there. Well, I wasn't dancing for two days in a row. We had a guy out there to get that fixed. Come on, somebody. But on that day, I decided to go ahead and make lemonade. No fear. Somebody say it again. No fear here. All right? Not only Satan, folks, but people will try to talk you out of your stand of faith. You've got to learn how to not listen to them. So if they're not speaking life into what you're believing God for, you've got to learn how to start separating yourself from people who are speaking down about what you're believing God for. And refuse to doubt, refuse to fear, and learn how to tell people, I'm standing on the truth, man. I, I heard what you said, but I'm standing on the truth. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you, but this is what I believe God said. And if you can't add to that, then I would just ask that you say nothing to me. Just don't say nothing to me about it unless you're going to add to what I'm believing God for. You got to learn how to be bold and do those things and say those things. Because remember, it's not the truth that makes you free. It's the truth that you know that makes you free. Okay, And when you know that you know that you know in order to stay free, don't say anything different and don't let other people talk you out of what you're believing for. Amen. Amen. Some of you all will get that house you're believing God for. Come on. Some of you all will walk debt free. Some of you all will have no credit card bills, no car notes, no house notes. Come on, some of you all, God's healing your body right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Come on, don't don't let nobody talk you out of that. Some of you all right now, God is setting you up for the relationship that you have believed, you've been believing him for. Doesn't matter what anybody else believes, the one that you've been believing him for, he's setting you up for it right now. Come on, somebody is setting you up for the job that you put down on that sheet of paper that you are believing God for. God is positioning things and releasing angels and putting things in place for you right now. I got news for somebody watching online, somebody in the building. The promotion is on the way. God will do exactly what he said he will do. The business will prosper. Come on, somebody. The marriage will be restored. Come on, your children are coming back to the Lord. Don't let anybody talk you out of that. Number four, see yourself prospering. See yourself prospering. James chapter 1 verse 8, New King James Version says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your what? So if it's not going to depart out of your mouth, that means you have to say it all the time. Well, people are going to think, look, they think something about you anyway. (laughs) Why not give them something real good to think about? Call me what you want to call me. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to call me blessed. After you get saying, after you get done saying everything you want to say, you you will have to land that plane here. But God is on that man's side, though. God is blessing everything that he's doing. Come on, somebody. See yourself prospering. Talk these things out of your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate, mutter, 
ponder, say over and over again, day and night, so that you may observe to do according to all that is written uh, in it. So in other words, I'm not meditating just so I can meditate. I'm meditating so I can do something. Yeah. Right? And then watch what it says. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So part of having faith for prayer that brings results is seeing yourself prospering and taking possession of what you're believing for. When we had Dr. Bill Winston here a few years ago, I went back and looked at my notes, and he made this statement. He said, God told Abraham, as far as you can see, I'll give it to you. And then he said this, until you see it, you're not entitled to it. That's powerful. Until you see it, you're not entitled to it. See, without revelation, there's no restoration. You have to see something in the spirit realm before you can pull it into the natural realm. So in other words, you've got to see it before you actually see it. Oh, you missed that. Part of seeing yourself prospering, folks, is avoiding places and people and situations that talk failure. It's going to be hard to stay up when you're hanging around a whole bunch of people that always talk down. Decide right now to prosper. I'm challenging you to quit planning to fail. Don't plan for what if. Plan for victory. Plan for when it manifests. Plan for I have it now. So in order to receive everything that you're believing God for, you're going to have to stretch your faith because God is actually wanting to do more for you than what you're believing for. Amen. Folks, I came to tell you today that this building is not it. Amen. So don't get comfortable because we're moving. So why'd you say that, Pastor? People sitting in chairs. We just started this second service. People sitting in chairs over there, parking lot full, one service running into the next service. Don't get comfortable. Let me try this side of the room. This was not our landing spot. This was our launching pad. Boy, that flew over somebody's head right there. Ooh, that came up and out. I said, this is not our landing spot. This is our launching pad. You, you say, well, pastor, we just got here. Well, that's all right. We, we're going somewhere else. Where we're we going, I don't know. But I know we're going somewhere. Come on, somebody. Come on, I need a little bit more faith in this room right now. All right? Say, well, Pastor, where are we going to get the money from? Same place we got the money from the last time. Heaven. Watch this. And we'll pay cash for that one just like we paid cash for this one. Come on, without putting no pressure. Come on, without putting no people in bondage. Without having 25 building funds and chicken sale. Come on, somebody. We're going to believe God for it and watch God do it. Glory to God. You've got to see it before you can see it. Come on, man. Look into the spirit realm. Let God begin to show you some things. He's trying to take you somewhere. But you got to get on this journey with him. Glory to God. 
Number five, testify. I got to come on down to home. Number five, testify. Testimony is the evidence. It gives record, report. It's a witness. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. See, how many of y'all know there are two things that we overcome the enemy by? The blood of the Lamb. But think about what he put in the same context as the blood of the Lamb. The word of your testimony. Now, how many of anybody can testify after something happens? But it takes real faith to be able to testify before something happens. Where you can literally tell somebody what's going to happen before it happens. Sometimes that's what I love about sports. You know, D, sometimes they'll go, they'll put the cell phone in the goalposts before they score a touchdown. Because you know what? They already saw themselves in pregame scoring a touchdown. And they said, when I score a touchdown, I'm going to go grab the phone, take a picture of myself, and post it in the end zone. I mean, that's confidence right there. Do you all think when Deion Sanders would get in the end zone and do his little... How many of y'all know Dion was at home? How many of y'all Dion was at home practicing his end zone dance before he got in the end zone? Come on, folks. We sit around. We got all of this power. We got all of this word. Come on. We've been praying. We've been fasting. And we can't tell somebody what God's going to do before he does it. See, when you testify, you literally claim what's rightfully yours. You have a right to have everything that Jesus sacrificed through his death, burial, and resurrection. You have a right to be healed. You have a right to be saved. You have a right to have all of your needs met. It's all a part of his covenant promises for you. And I love this right here. When we testify to that right, it begins to take place in our lives. Because God said if they were bold enough to tell somebody about it before I actually did it, then I'm bold and big enough to give it to him. Because guess what? He's not going to allow himself to look bad, which means he won't allow you to look bad. I want you to testify to your neighbor. Tell him about something God's getting ready to do. Testify to him right now. Come on, testify. Don't test a lie. Testify. Come on, tell him something God's getting ready to do. I'm telling you, tell him something. Man, I see my son serving God, boy. I see that boy on fire for God. Woo, I see that boy, God, using him in a mighty way. Woo, I see it. Woo, I see us in that new building, glory to God. Come on, I see us. I see us, glory to God. Come on, how many of y'all believe what you just testified? Well, come on and give God your best praise in this place. Come on, go ahead and put a down payment on that testimony. Come on, put a down payment on that testimony. Glory to God. Hallelujah! Your testimony is a powerful tool in your prayer life. Remember this, closed mouths don't eat. 
and they don't get fed. So when you can't talk about it, you probably not really. And I'm going to leave that right there. See, that's what James was saying. James was saying, you show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. That's a show me kind of faith. Right? That kind of faith is from Missouri. Some of y'all will catch that next week. You're going to go home and Google. What did he mean by from Missouri? Missouri is the show me state. Come on, somebody. How I many we got to get to a place where I, I can show you better than I can tell you? Come on, I'll tell you, but then I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you a lot better and stronger than what I can tell you. Boy, I wish I had five people in here that just, man, boy, that really could see. I mean, that could really see what God's getting ready to do in your life. If you can really see it, man, the way God is really trying to show it to you, it would blow your mind. Glory to God. Number six, help someone else. Help someone else. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, the New King James Version says this. These are keys to getting the results of these 21 days of prayer and fasting. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. But I love this. But faith working through love. King James Version says, but faith which works by love. So now he's telling you how faith works. Right? We've been talking a lot about faith. But how many know faith works a certain way? And the way faith works is by love. My pastor, Frederick Casey, uh, Frederick Casey Price, used to say it this way. He said, faith was the activator, but love was the motivator. Right? How many of y'all used to have those jerry curls back in the day? See, see, faith was the activator. But that pick was the motivator. I know I used to go to school with guys, boy, I'd never had one of those just to be on the record. But boy, they, they would have to put just napkins, paper towels, towels. If you don't know what I'm talking about, thank God you were born after you were born in the 90s and 2000s. Because the 80s, they were ready for the world. Now just leave that alone. So what are we talking about faith that works by love? So I want you to think about it this way. Our faith is strengthened when we reach out to help others who are in need. So start thinking about what is it that I need? And then how can I help somebody who has the same need? You all see that? Now my faith is working by love. See, I need uh, finances, right? Let me bless somebody else that I know is struggling, right? I'm believing God to get married. Let me bless a marriage that I might want to have some kind of day. You all see what I'm saying? Or somebody else that I know just believe in God to get married. Let me sow into them. Or somebody's getting ready to get married. Let me buy your dress. Let me help out with this. Let me come and volunteer. See, that faith now is working by love. You all see that? And I'm literally loving in the area that I'm believing for. See, can I tell you what true prosperity is? True prosperity is the ability to use the power of God to meet the needs of mankind 
in every realm of life, spirit, soul, body, financially, and socially. God ultimately knows he can get anything to you. That's not the issue. Can he get it through you? See the difference? See, he's not going to just pile on to you, and then you're never going to think about anybody else. See, with, with God, you always want to process this way. God, was that for me, or were you trying to get that through me? See, and then you always want to think, whenever God brings you up, okay, God, who can I bring up? And what God does is he just keeps that cycle going because now you become a channel of his blessings. He can trust you with more. Hmm? The more he can trust you with, then the more he'll give you. Let's close here. Be a giver. Luke 6.38 says, give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make more room for more. Now, I want to be clear here. The shaking down to make more room for more is not for you. The shaking down to make more room for more is so that you can give generously. See, that's where you don't, again, you don't want it to stop. Right? He's pressing it down, putting more on the top, causing that to run over because he wants it to run over to other people. Everybody clear? Right? Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Listen to this. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. So I want you to think like this. Be a giver. Some of people think that when a pastor says things like this, people's mind go to he's trying to get something for himself. And I just hate that, right? But what I'm really trying to help you understand is so in the direction that you want to go in. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to just leave it at that. Did you all catch what I just said? Anybody that's above me, so in the direction that you want to go in and be generous. All God's going to do, I've noticed this, we both noticed this in our lives. Every time we help somebody else up, God sends somebody that's greater than us to help us up. Am I right or wrong? And then we get together and we say, as soon as God brings us up, who can we bring up? So every time God elevates us, we're thinking about who can we elevate, right? Then when we want to go to the next level, we find out who's there and who can we sow into to bring us up. Be a giver. I'm not talking about just tithes and offerings. Help people. Do you all receive that? Do you really receive it? How much do you receive it? Okay, that's good. That's good. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's close right here. In conclusion, expect 21 days of prayer and fasting to bring results in your life. How many of y'all are going to set a high expectation? Okay. Everybody in the room. Praise God. 
right? When you determine to take these seven steps, your prayer life will bring results every single time. What are we talking about here? We're talking about uh, praying the word of God. We're talking about praying in faith. We're talking about acting on it, right? We're talking about no fear here. We're talking about seeing yourself prospering. We're talking about testifying. And we're talking about help someone else, right? And we're talking about being a giver. I mean, you know, all of those things, if you'll develop those as a lifestyle, you're going to get great results in 2023. And I'm declaring that 2023 will be the best results you've ever seen in your prayer life. And it'll become the foundation that catapults you into your future. All right, everybody look up here at me for a moment. Let's just all lift our hands to the Father and let's thank him for his grace that saw us through these 21 days. Father, I thank you for gracing me to not miss one ounce of what I committed before you for these 21 days. I don't take any credit for that, Father. You strengthened me and you helped me. It's actually the first time I did not miss one ounce of what you said to me, Father. And so, Father, that gives me great confidence uh, that I'm going to see the results that I've set before you in these 21 days. And, Father, I declare over every person's life, Father, that really participated and went in, Father, I pray that the measure that they pursued you in is the measure that will return back to them in terms of the results that they will see, Father. Now, even though the fast has ended, Father, I'm praying that our prayer lives will remain strong and continue as a lifestyle for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away. And you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.